25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Welcome in. Hour two. Off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Roger's here. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Everybody in Jackson on 105.9 The Zone going to welcome back uh, Chris uh, Brooks and the Gridiron at 10 a.m. on Monday morning in their new time slot. And, and Roger, you know what? That'll be the first time that we get to experience a lead-in in this new That's time right. slot, isn't it? Yeah, we said the goalie can wingo, you know. Which ain't but much. Have, but, but no, yeah, but they have. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Get warmed up by Beeve and, uh, and Chris, that'll be good. <laughs> no doubt about it. They'll be taking the, uh, taking the thing from the Bo Bound show on the morning. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, Will Salmon is going to be on the show in a minute. Let's see. I typed the number in there for you. So in about five minutes or so, we'll talk with Will. He has a neat kind of deep dive preview piece on Mississippi State football for The Athletic. Uh, They're previewing a bunch of FBS, well, all the FBS teams at The Athletic leading up to the season. Ole Miss will be coming later on. I don't know if Will's writing that one, but we can ask him uh, when he comes on. But he published the Mississippi State one earlier today. That was, was pretty good. I read through it. It is a subscription if you want to go read it, but it doesn't cost you know much. Uh, but we'll, we'll chat it up with him. Uh, we got teams to preview on the countdown, and I'll just go ahead. I'm going to let the kid out of the bag. Is I'm getting ready to do these teams that are on the countdown. There's somewhat interesting football teams, number 63 and 64, coming up today. Fight songs are just kind of like, eh, but I couldn't help it. And I'm clicking on their fight songs. I got interested, and I found the website. That has all the Jackson State music on there. Roger, they have their own website if you didn't already know. And so if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw that I said earlier, we're just going to listen to some JSU Sonic Boom because it's my show. So I'm loaded up on the soundboard with the sonic boom. I'm just giving y'all a heads up. It's hour two on a Friday. I'm going to play it's what I want to do. People driving down the road right now, waving their hand up and down. Get that tiger spirit. Ooh, <laughs> It doesn't get no. Bengals fired up. It does not get any better than that. The Sonic Boom on a Friday. So I have more of it. I'm just giving everybody a heads up. 
I'm throwing my weight around as a radio host. Because <laughs> it's what I want to do. So, you can be a part of the show. And if you have a question or whatever for uh, Will Salmon, who's coming up, just uh, text it to me on the text line. 885-ESPN. Or tweet me, at Radio Wyatt. On Twitter. You realize what you've done here, though. What have I done? Are we going to have now dueling? You've got this, you've got this big big lead-up to two guys talking. <laughs> well, shoot. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be very, what's the word, anticlimactic? That's right. That's hard to say. It's going to be very. A whimper and not a bang. You've started with a bang. <laughs> well, or boom, I should say. Well, shoot, we started with a boom. That's what we did. What should I have played? Something else? I don't know. I got all kind of buttons over here, Roger, but I, I don't know which one I should have played. I just like the Sonic Boom. They're so good and loud. And it just kind of gets you, I don't know, jacked up. <laughs> so we'll hear some more of it. But we will have the fight songs for the two teams that we're previewing today. I'm not going to tell you who they are. you got to stick around for that. Yeah, all right. So, um, as promised, there is a story out there on The Athletic. It's a pretty long piece. It's kind of a deep dive preview of Mississippi State football. Over at The Athletic, they're going to do all the FBS teams, preview, preview them before the season begins. And this one is written by Will Salmon. Will covered Mississippi State prior to Joe Moorhead getting the job. And as you know, he went and took a job with The Athletic covering Florida, but he's doing. Uh, you know, other stuff, too. He's written a lot of other things other than just Florida. And in this case, uh, a, a pretty comprehensive preview. There's a lot in there about the quarterback stuff, too. And so let's talk about it now, kind of what he found out. With Will Salmon of The Athletic, he is on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Hey, Will, welcome back to the airwaves in your old stomping grounds, man. What's up? Hey, Will, you there? Hey, Matt, what's going on, man? I said welcome back to the airwaves in your old stomping grounds. Oh, I always appreciate it. You know, congrats <laughs> on a good baseball season for Mississippi State, too. It was fun keeping in touch and watching. Uh, that season progressed to get to the College World Series. It had to be a thrilling experience for all the fans, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good run. You know, some people feel like they, you know, fell short of it. The expectation was kind of national championship sort of thing, but that's not always uh, in the cards. But, hey, man, once you, once you get to that level, though, it's such a crapshoot sometimes with College World Series, man. It's so hard to be that one team that gets out at the right time and mm-hmm. pull it off. Like, you know, they had they had to top three team in the country, I thought. So it kind of is what it is once you get there. Sure. Hey, um, I wanted to just chat with you a little bit. I know you um, had the deep dive kind of season preview piece on Mississippi State football today on The Athletic. Uh, people can find, if you're listening, a link on that, at Will Salmon on Twitter, and also look up The Athletic College Football. Um, start off with, though, talking and interviewing and and cueing and aing with – Joe Moorhead. What do you make of Coach Moorhead? Just generally, I think he's a really bright individual. 
I think he's pretty smart. And I think what sometimes people take for granted, and I get it maybe from some people's eyes, it was maybe a little bit too late or maybe it was a little bit too much. But, I mean, it takes a lot for these head coaches in the SEC to adjust their game and to realize, hey, sometimes I may have a great scheme and what I have, what I think works has worked at every level. But maybe it may not work here because I may not have the, the requisite pieces or the right pieces to make it work, and therefore you have to adjust. And so I do give him credit in some ways that he did adjust, adjust, adjust to what he had, and that was Nick Fitzgerald as a runner mm-hmm. and you know a pretty powerful rushing attack when you add in the running backs as well. And so from that point, I think pretty highly of him, and I think that this year coming up is going to be pretty critical to the way the rest of college football sort of views them because it will be year two in his system that passing game has to improve the statistics across the board on the offense have to have to improve as well and i think that he he has the capability to get that done i really do Mm -hmm. will salmon on your radio will so a lot in in your piece and 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 it's really obviously that all the talk around here is quarterback and we're going to have this preseason battle and thing to follow throughout fall camp of the you know uh, the competition at quarterback. How um, well I guess maybe the way to for me to word the question is when you came away from writing this and interviewing Moorhead, what's your gut feeling on how that's going to play out? Well, I don't think he brings Tommy Stevens in if Stevens wasn't somebody that he thought could win that job outright in training camp. It's just, it would not have had it. He would not have brought that guy in. But that's not to say that he will. I don't think anything's automatic. If the guy, the guy still has to have a pretty productive training camp. Mm-hmm. Now, if he doesn't, if it all checks out, my gut tells me he's the starting quarterback for Mississippi State week one. I think a lot of people would agree with that, too. But he has to do it first. I mean, he has to have a training camp. He has to build that sort of camaraderie with the team. He has to prove that he's the guy. He can't just check. He can't just check the box because he's been there, done that in the offensive system, because he really hasn't. You know, he hasn't made those career starts. He doesn't have all that many snaps under his belt as a college player anyway. And so it's hard to even peg him, and it's hard to evaluate him because there isn't a whole lot on him as far as his QB play goes at this level. So I think that he he wins the job with a good training camp or even a solid training camp that sort of reassures what Joe Moorhead thinks of him and kind of confirms what he's said about him in the past and what he thinks about him and what he saw from his days at Penn State together. So if he does that, then he's, I think, the guy for the job because you wouldn't bring in a guy like that if he wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, again, without giving away too much that's in the piece because it is, I know, you know, subscription website. I have a subscription to The Athletic. Glad I do. It's not very expensive. It's really good stuff. Um, but there is some stuff in there, you know, quotes from Coach Moorhead where he says, you know, Tommy Stevens was told from the front that there's nothing guaranteed. You do have to come in and compete. But are you saying, Will, it kind of sounds like that because of the history and everything else that that maybe Stevens already has an upper hand? going into summer and fall? You know, I think it's pretty like the circumstances, like circumstantial evidence, if you will, would indicate that I don't want to say it would be his job to lose because I don't know. Um, And I don't think that's fair, especially to Keaton Thompson, who, like I wrote 
ended the spring as number one guy. Mm-hmm. I asked Joe Moorhead point blank, who's your number one QB? And he said, without a doubt, Keaton Thompson's number one right now. That was before they they got Tommy Stevens. So that obviously changes things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, is, who has the upper hand? Still too early to say, I think. But I, uh, like I said earlier, you do not bring a grad transfer like that who has the history with the head coach unless that guy has a super significant shot at being your number one quarterback. It just doesn't work that way. Sure. And so I think that he said all the right things, Joe Moorhead, with questions about that competition. But that's the bottom line is you don't bring a guy like that if, if you don't think he's winning the job. Joe Moorhead's not going to say that, but I think if you read the, between the lines, the kid has to have a good camp, and if he has a good camp, he's probably your week one guy. Yeah. Will Salmon on your radio right now. Y'all follow him on Twitter at Will Salmon, S-A-M-M-O-N, if you don't already. Um, you know, I get the sense, too, that it's really more than a sense. I mean, we saw it last year. And I wonder if you feel the same way if you're talking to Coach Moorhead. The guy wants to throw the football, period. Like he, I mean, yeah, you, you want to win, but I think there's no question to me that he wants to build state into a program that is a threat against everybody they play, throwing the ball. That's what he wants to do, isn't it? I, I agree with you. I really do. I think. Not to make light of what Kylan Hill is possible of, is what he what he's capable of doing because I think he's probably the most underrated SEC running back there is. Mm. Uh, it's kind of a shame how people don't think as highly as they do as other guys. You know, he's not the first name on these preseason magazines that we see and, and this and that, but he's definitely deserving to be in that conversation. I think it's just a matter of him getting that sort of attention from other people. But yeah, I think just overall. In a vacuum, Joe Moorhead wants to throw the ball, and he wants to have explosive plays through the air. And he does that also, though, by having a strong running game. Because, as you know, Matt, that keeps that messes with the defensive player's vision. Um, mm-hmm. That plays tricks on them with even simple play action to RPO and to all the other things they like to do in the passing game. So, yeah, I mean, you have to have really good eye discipline when that when that offense is cooking the way it did at Penn State to really be effective against it. And a lot of that, I mean, he's picking apart the linebackers and the safeties, and that's really what the whole offense, in my opinion, is based on from studying it when I was covering Mississippi State when he was hired, and even from just watching games as a you know a, football, a college football fan. So yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I think that's what is different about him too, especially like when people compare him to what Mississippi State previously had and other coaches in the SEC where you kind of don't really see that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think the other point is that the guy has to recruit players that execute that as well because you got to get them to sort of buy into it. And that can be a little bit difficult when you're inheriting guys who had success doing it a different way sure. for a pretty uh, decent amount of time. Sure, no doubt. Will Salmon on your radio. Hey, uh, so we are, I mean, what, three weeks Fixing to be two weeks away from SEC Media Days. Um, what do you think are the storylines? Do we have that figured out yet? Kind of what the storylines are probably going to be when Media Days rolls around in, in a couple of weeks? How did all these SEC coaches keep their jobs for a change? <laughs> no <laughs> turnover, yeah. the first one where it's like all of them return. It's like, wow, we actually know who all these guys are for a change this year. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I think aside from that, you always have the conversations about, uh, you know, if anybody's able to kind of dethrone Alabama, and that, that always gets stirred up. And over here in Gainesville, you always have the uh, Georgia-Florida rivalry that's heating up between Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart. But from a national perspective, I mean, the, the transfer portal will always be talked about. I'm personally kind of tired about it, but that's what people will, will throw out there and discuss, especially when we see guys like, um, I mean, just name them all across the country. And the NCAA, I think, kind of tightened their ruling on it just yesterday or the other day. So those will be the topical discussions. But I'm always a proponent of sort of fine-tuning that and finding some cool angles, you know, whether it be about Mississippi State's quarterback situation or, you know, what Georgia's going to do in their wide receiver room now. So I think the more, like, you get that narrow focus, the better the material and the more appreciated it is for fans, I think. I can't figure out if it's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of like interest and build up. I can't figure out if it's a good thing or a bad thing that there's about <laughs> it, it depends what kind of players you're getting and who, who's leaving. <laughs> well, well that and then what I was going to say too is like yeah, you don't have coaching turnover and but you mm. do you do have turnover at quarterback. Okay, so like the main position everybody talks about in the offseason, half the SEC teams we don't know who the quarterbacks are going to be or at least it's brand-new people we hadn't even seen play yet. So I don't know if that helps the preseason buildup or not. You know, That's one thing that I think will be a storyline, though, is all the, the new faces at QB. At quarterback? Yeah, right, at quarterback. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, I, I think that you don't really have that many veterans coming back either. That's it, yeah. Right? I mean, you have, uh, with Florida, you have Felipe Franks, and I think he both to like what top five off the top of my head as far mm-hmm. as SEC quarterbacks go. Yeah. And he had a decent year. I mean, he did a lot better than he did last year, statistically speaking. But if you said that 12 months ago, you would have been pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I'm not sure if it's good or bad. <laughs> I, I, I think the problem's in for a big year, and you're going to have a bunch of other guys kind of step up and we'll be surprised about. And the guy at Texas A&M, Mond, is. Uh, he seems to turn a corner late in the year too, so we'll see. I, I think it could be really interesting, and it largely will probably dictate where a couple of the teams toward the middle in that second tier where they end up. Yeah, well, and, you know, you mentioned Mullen and the Florida Georgia thing. Like nobody here is surprised that he's over there poking the bear because he did it here when he got the state job. You know, he's like he walks right up to the bear, and I know there's a pun in there somewhere. And starts poking it in the state Ole Miss thing, so we are not surprised one bit that he would, in a very clever, I think, intelligent way, look for a way to light some fire in that sucker, and poke the bear with Georgia. You know, <laughs> not at all, man. Not at all. I give him a lot of credit for that. I know some people it kind of rubs them the wrong way, but I think in college football and sports in general, man, we need more characters. We need more interesting people. And Dan's one of those guys, you know, whether you love him or hate him, he makes things entertaining. you, you got to give him that. Yep. He's going to say some things that other people probably wouldn't say. And yep. that's fun. That's fun. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying I'm not trying to make him out to be the greatest person, but um, he is uh, pretty entertaining to cover for a head coach because he provides you some solid material that makes it fun. It, it really does. And maybe if I was a fan of the school that he was poking around, I probably wouldn't <laughs> feel the same way. Uh, but as an objective person who kind of just covers him and watches the games, takes it in, and sees what happens, it, it, it beats it beats uh, 
covering somebody who's sort of just as uh, filled with cliches and kind of just gives you the runaround. No doubt. One of these days, Will, when we become big time and have plenty of disposable income, just for the heck of it, let's, <laughs> let, let's you and I uh, fly up to Pullman, Washington, and just cover and interview Mike Leach. We'll go to we'll go to Pac-12 Media Days, just for the heck of it. You know, run that by the people at the athletics. <laughs> they say, man, I appreciate it. So. Yeah, well, we get an E for effort. Will, I appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, take care. You too. My pleasure. Uh, Will Salmon writes for The Athletic, primarily covers Florida, but has a full in-depth preview of Mississippi State football. It's there today if you want to go check that out. I think they're doing all the uh, Power 5 schools. Jason says on Twitter, regarding Felipe Franks, he's going to be in the Heisman discussion until Jacksonville. If he's in it after that, Florida will be in the national championship conversation. Mullins, the real deal, boys. That's a tweet from Jason. And Bernard said, hey, Matt, listen to the show, and a sonic boom comes on. Now I'm ready for some football. <laughs> However, he said uh, he's got a basketball event tonight, so he's just going to play basketball instead. <laughs> Appreciate it, Bernard. I got some more sonic boom coming your way. Like I said, it's, it's mine and Roger's show, so we're just going to do what we want. You just feel the intensity in the air. <laughs> yes! Y'all stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. I guess you can check my Twitter. The coaching doesn't seem real hard. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Dum, dum, dum. That was pretty funny, man. Which one? We were doing our Harry oh, carries yeah. offline. <laughs> hey! Yeah, Mexico loses the ball. <laughs> yeah, I think he actually said that at one point. Is the moon made of cheese? Hi, everybody. Roger, my little girl just walked in. Um, <clears throat> she had a trip to the orthodontics mm. and uh, has one of those little s- retainers or spacers. What is it called, Mary Lee? A retainer. It's called a retainer. No, you... I can't talk with it. <laughs> no, she can't talk with it. Yeah, okay. it got a tongue. Entire ride yeah. back to eat this French fry. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll check on you in a minute. She just showed it to me. She, um, she got a retainer put in her mouth, and that was just a few like hours ago. And so she walked in to show it to me, <laughs> and she's obviously going to have to learn how to talk with it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a she tough deal. It. Yeah, she'll do it. But it's going to be. She, say like, she had to wait till she got home to eat her French fry. Well, she said it took her the whole trip home to eat one French fry. <laughs> that's what she said. I need to get me one of those retainers. Yeah. Slow me down. Slim me up. Look, my teeth are so messed up. And part of the reason is my parents tried to fix it when I was a kid. And I went and they had one of those retainer things, a bar that they like glue into your 
mouth and cement it to your teeth, and it you adjust it every now and then, and it spreads your teeth out, you know, so they'll grow in right. Wow. And they told me, hey, don't be drinking, like, a lot of grape juice and stuff because it'll make the cement come loose. So the light bulb goes off, and I drank grape juice every chance I got, and eventually worked that thing out of there and stuck it in a drawer and never told anybody. Oh, man. After about a year, I think <laughs> mom and dad were like, boy, you sure are talking great. You've really gotten used to that thing, haven't you? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's not in there. And they're like, what? <laughs> Wasted money. <clears throat> That's what that was. Wasted money. Hey, uh, text line real quick, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Not Irish texted the show and says, Rick Cleveland is a state of the uh, state of Mississippi fan. That's right. That would be true. Not a fan of one school or the other. You just have a lot of fans out there that are like, throw a little hissy fit because, you know, anybody who would ever say something complimentary about another team must hate their own team. Now think about going through life like that. CWR, what does it say? Matt, I know you know this, but if you try to please everyone, no one is happy and you will be miserable. Keep doing the great work you do. Yeah, that's pretty good advice. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can't please everyone. You just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you just have to do what you have to do. All right, so Pat just texted the show and wanted me to play the Jackson State song that I used to play when I was on another show way back when. And it's my favorite Sonic Boom song that they play regularly. Is it their main theme, like Get Ready? No, that's kind of their main one in their fight song. My favorite is that song that they play from Coming to America. It's called Coming to America. This is it right here. In fact... Just let this go ahead and be the start of our countdown. And we'll just do the next two teams, and we'll start it by listening to a little Coming to America from the JSU Sonic Boom. If that doesn't stand your hair up, you don't have it. All right, so team uh, number 64 on the countdown. Team number 64. We're 64 days from August the 31st, so we're doing team number 64, and it's Arizona. The name of their fight song at Arizona is Bear Down. What a difference, Roger. <laughs> wow. That's like a 60s sitcom theme. <laughs> and starring Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Roger, speaking of... Oh, they're singing. Bear down, Arizona. All right, we got it. After hearing the sonic boom, like that's just a 
let down. There you hear a stark contrast of difference. It ain't even close, not even the same universe. All right, so let me start you off with this. University of Arizona from the Pac-12, famous alumni, Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> now, Roger, let me ask you a question. How and why is Courtney Kardashian famous? Got an answer? Her sister's famous. Well, okay. That's one theory. Anything else? Is she the one that came up with her uh, makeup line and all that stuff? I don't know. I wouldn't know them apart if they walked up and screamed at me. I I honestly don't know. I'm aware of them, though, because you they're, they've been everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they, the names came up in this uh, buying your way into college thing. But those, oh, are, yeah. those are pretty smart folks. I mean, their dad was a very successful attorney. And so is that it? Their dad's an attorney, and that's how they're famous? Well, he was. was one of OJ's, wasn't he? Oh, heck, I don't know. Goes back a ways, yeah. Okay, so they have a dad who was one of OJ's attorneys. Yep. Okay. They're pretty. They, those are some pretty sharp women. Okay. I just have no... I've thought about this before. I've never really asked anybody. I've just always thought, why are they famous? Why? Who are they? Well, what sparked this whole thing? Well, you know why. Because he's got a, a big butt and a sex tape. Oh. People used to ask that question, and that was that was the answer because. She, <laughs> so it all started with a. Yeah. With a sex tape. Brandy's brother, believe it or not. Hmm. Mississippi connection. My goodness. I I'm a, I can tell Roger. I'm gonna have to start asking you more questions. <laughs> You know you stuff. What did that answer? Is that too much? Of no, TMI I just. On your, <laughs> I just. On the Matt Wyatt show today. I'm just saying. I was. This is the last thing I was expecting. All right, uh, <laughs> but here's the other thing. Kristen Wiig. You know who Kristen Wiig is? Saturday Night Live, Bridesmaids, the movie. She's been in all kinds of other stuff. Hilarious. I think in terms of female comedians on. Saturday Night Live all time, and you got some great ones. Gilda Radner, that whole look for me, Kristen Wiig. There, right. There's none of the other women on Saturday Night Live ever have made me consistently just cackle out loud more than Kristen Wiig. She's hilarious. She's beautiful, but she's hilarious. Uh, Greg Kinnear, the actor, you know, you remember that whole thing. Rob Gronkowski, the retired now, and Geraldo Rivera went to Arizona. The horse. Trainer, owner, whatever, that wins all the Kentucky Derbies and stuff. The guy with the white hair, Bob Baffert. He went to Arizona, but y'all didn't know that. He sure did. He went to Arizona. Baffert went to Arizona. I uh, didn't get around to talking football about Arizona. Maybe we'll do that next because we have another team to do. So we'll just continue. I'll hold it. The music started. We'll pick right up where we left off. A little more about Arizona, the Wildcats, they have a coach you're familiar with. Yep. So more on that, and then we'll do team number 63 on the countdown. I'll take your phone calls and get your texts and so on and so forth. And maybe, just maybe, a little more Sonic Boom on a Friday in the Farm maybe Bureau studio. Link out. Oh, yeah, the link to all the songs? No, to that video. I'm kidding. <laughs> No. I won't do that. No. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Uh, turn your mic on, Matt. Please, Louise. Back on the show. As requested, here today on a Friday in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, more JSU Sonic Boom. You, you asked for it, you got it. That's it. Cool. Um, Shoop Dog on Twitter, I'm Radio Wyatt, sent me a tweet and wants to know why I'm on the air live at this time of day on The Zone in Jackson and Chris Brooks isn't. Shoop, we switched up, man. That's how we roll, dog. <laughs> That's how we roll. We switched it up. We swapped. And so starting Monday, it's permanent. Chris and Beaver on the gridiron from 10 to noon, and then I'm after that, 12 to 2. We switched it up on you. Uh, We were talking University of Arizona. The University of Arizona founded in 1885 before Arizona was even a state. Now, figure that out. How are you going to be the University of Arizona before there is an Arizona? Technically. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I was going to preview one other um, team as well at this time, and it was going to be the University of Indiana. Indiana is team number 63. They were actually not bad last year. They just finished the season awful and wound up only winning five games. But I don't know if we'll get to that or not because the phone line is lit up and lots of texts and everybody loves the sonic boom. So let's do uh, phone calls right now on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Big finish. Uh, Jason is up first. What's up, Jason? How's it going? Just right. Got a little psychology question for you in regard to these people that just whine and cry about everything on Twitter. Yeah. Like, what do you suppose causes a grown man, assuming they're grown, to act like that? That's a good question, Jason. Um, And I think that one of the things that causes it is this sort of anonymity that comes along with a lot of it. Now, that doesn't address the problem or the phenomena because there's a lot of people that aren't anonymous that act like fools on Twitter and stuff. Okay, I I get that, but I think among a lot of fan bases, it began with the, the message board culture where people could use an assumed name, therefore have anonymity, and almost... And in some cases, literally no one knows who it is actually behind it. And so they could, they, they just, I don't know, like just kind of release their innermost demons on the world, but do it anonymously. Um, you know this, Jason. I've been on the radio for a long time, or what for me anyway, it feels like a long time doing these shows. And early on in some of the first shows that I did, I had someone, a friend of mine, a great guy, who said, you know, in terms of like topics and Sometimes what fans are interested in, you ought to peruse these message boards 
Um, and I'm like, what is a message board? He starts telling me what it is. I look at it. He says, you know, because you can get an indication. I start looking at it, and pretty quick, he's right. You can see what people are talking about and that kind of thing, but you realize, man, it is one of those, a lot of the message boards are are some of the least intelligent, angriest, most <laughs> negative, dirtiest, filthiest group of people. And after a little while, I'm like, man, I can't handle this. You know, and then you throw your hands up and just never go back. And a lot of that then filtered over to social media. And that's why we have a lot of fans who, of, of every school. State's got its definite fair share of it. Ole Miss definitely has their fair share of these people that get on social media, use anonymous – well, they, they hide behind anonymity that these usernames and stuff give them, and they just go nuts. And to me, it's just pitiful. You know, they're just ghosts. They basically don't exist. And what you have to do is just somehow learn to ignore them. It's harder to do than you would think, though. I agree. I get attacked all the time because I'm like, if we're playing Ole Miss and they play a good game, I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all did good or something. It's just woodwork. Like, oh. It's crazy. Well, see, and that's the thing about it, Jason, is you know every fan base has some of that. Uh, I have – frankly, there ain't anybody – out here that wants to see Mississippi State win more than I do, um, especially on the football side of it, even though, and this this may be a little out of touch, but even though it was a long time ago, this year will be 20 years since my senior year at State. But even though it's been that long, still having gone through it myself and all the practicing and weightlifting and playing and representing and this attachment to Mississippi State, I feel like I still have something invested. I want to see State win every time they play. But if I, in any way, uh, evaluate other teams objectively, if I say something positive about Ole Miss or if I say something negative about State, there's a portion of State fans out there who then – in the I'll tell you what has happened. State fans have they've, – they've said a lot of negative stuff about me They've said things on social media and sites and stuff about my wife. Um, it, it, yeah, they do all that kind of stuff. And they, most of them, mo- about 99.9 do it because uh, they hide behind some anonymous deal. They don't have the backbone to actually be themselves. If they were forced to be themselves, number one, they would act differently. But number two, they probably wouldn't even be there because they don't have the confidence to be there as themselves. So I just had to learn that early on, and it's not um, limited to just one fan base. It's all of them. Oh, I started blocking all of them, especially reading your post a yeah. couple years ago. It was awful. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Guys, you say something, couple, hey, we're losing you, Jason, breaking up on us. Hey, call me anytime, man. Thank you. Joe is up next, hanging on for a little bit. Appreciate it. Joe, what's up? Well, um, Referred to Bear Down a while ago? Yeah. Oh, was that after the Egg Bowl last year? <laughs> no. That's Arizona's deal. Let's see. I actually have it right here. Um, before a University of Arizona student body president and revered football quarterback, John Button Salmon died in 1926. In his last words to his teammates, he told them to bear down. Tell the team to bear down. That was his quote. And so that's where University of Arizona's bear down motto stems from. How about that? Man, that's all right. That's pretty cool. 
serious note. Uh, Pantsmakers, whatever became of him? Hey, Never hear anybody talk about I'm, him. I'm having a hard time hearing you. What's the name? Cam Akers, the guy from Clinton that went oh, to yeah. Florida State. Yeah, Cam Akers. This is going to be Cam's junior season. Uh, I don't know stats and all that kind of stuff. I'd have to look it up. He, you know, he was on a really bad football team last year, and frankly, no matter how good you are, you kind of get lost and swallowed up when you're on a bad team. And uh, I don't know that they project to be a whole lot better this year, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, Joe, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Todd on the Divinity phone. What's up, Todd? Oh, not much. Uh, look here. The other day I was going to talk about the uh, transference in school. But it got me to thinking how the portal works. Okay. Is it, is it like uh, every coach gets an email, or is it like the dating app? They just swipe left, left. Oh, I like that kid. We'll swipe right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know what? Um, that's really funny. I've never been on Tinder, but I've learned enough about it to know that's what you do, right? You get on Tinder, it's a dating thing, and you swipe one way or the other. Um, <clears throat> I, I haven't been on it either. You know, I mean, I like you, I know enough to know how it operates. Yeah, you pick and choose. I, I was just curious how that portal works. I th- Well, let me say that, like, and this is a very basic, like, almost goes without saying, but it is a website. That if okay. you're if you're a certain member of an athletics department, you're going to have a login, and therefore an access to the website. And once you log in and start looking through the website, you can go to any sport and scroll through. And athletes will be, um, as I understand it. They're labeled there. You can choose it alphabetically by position, by age, by eligibility and see who's in there, okay? And so if somebody's name is in there, again, as I understand, let's say you're a coach or you're a member of football staff and you're looking for a, you know, a lineman, you can identify who the linemen are in the transfer portal. Their names are on the database. You click it and bang. There's, it's like going to LinkedIn, man. There's contact information and everything. Um, that's the way I understand it. It's an online deal, a website. Coaches, ADs all over the country have access to it. Todd, good call to finish this out, man. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. And there was a story uh, this week where the Division I Council has been adjusting the guidelines that they're using to decide whether a, a player is immediately eligible. Like they give out these waivers to allow you to transfer and be immediately eligible, and now they're looking at adjusting it going forward, and they having a hard time making their mind up on what is the right thing to do on it. So, surprise, surprise, NCAA can't really make up its mind. It's like, I don't really know who's in charge. Y'all have a great weekend. Roger, you too, man. I'll see you on Monday. For everybody here, see ya! You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.